Encuentra en The Home Depot nuestros mejores ahorros de temporada en almacenaje seleccionado, hecho para ti. Obtén cajas resistentes HDX para proteger tus herramientas o almacenar tu equipo deportivo con su tapa reforzada con cierres y un diseño apilable para conservar tus decoraciones navideñas, como series de luces y estos muchachos. Ahorra más con hasta 25% menos en almacenaje seleccionado por Internet en The Home Depot. Haces más, logras más. I feel like I found my true calling. I feel like I was put here to be competitive and to be a boxer to prove these people wrong. And people have so much to say about me. Jake Paul isn't a fucking boxer. Ben Askren, you lose to Jake Paul, I'm slapping. Paul has, in my estimation, no chance of beating Ben Askren. I'll bet a million dollars that Yo. he loses this fucking fight. You know, I was a kid at 16 years old, mulching lawns, digging holes in people's backyards with this dream of bigger things in life. To make it out of that, And to get to where I am today, I could give a shit about what people think. I've already won time and time again. Before the Nate Robinson fight, everyone was like, Nate Robinson's gonna win. And then once I knocked him out, they're like, he's just an NBA player. You cheated. I have the ace up my sleeve. And knowing that I am going to destroy this man and dismantle him in front of the world. At some point, you have to realize, like, this is a chess game and I'm making all the right moves. Welcome back to the True Jory podcast. On today's episode, he's coming back for the third time. It's Jake Paul. Yeah. How's it going, mate? What, what's up, brother? How are you? Uh, man, I'm good. Yeah? I'm good, man. Just just gearing up for April 17th. You already know. Mate, it's fucking mental, this. For me, because I was <laughs> interviewing you before your first fight, I didn't really know you that well. You know, I was only learning about who you were even during the interview. Now, you are one of the most talked about people in entertainment. That's it's mind-blowing. Do you know what I mean? And you've done credit to you. You know, you, you, people might look at you and think what they want, but, you know, you've made this happen. Um, how does that feel at this point, looking back from that Deji fight? It's it's been a wild journey, uh, to, to say the least, and it feels almost as if it's just the start at the same time. And man, it, it's surreal. I think I've sort of lost sense of reality, and I'm I'm sort of just a passenger on this roller coaster ride now. And you know, I sort of worked for this, but I I, I could never have imagined it getting this big and this fast mm. and like you said it's 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 just absurd it's, it's mad it's <laughs> mental <laughs> it's, oh, pretty, it's, it's pretty crazy seriously like you know even for me as a fight fan like you know like yourself i'm a fight fan uh, your fight with ben askren is one of the biggest fights of the year now it's become like you know i'm I, 
I, I think a lot of people are looking at things like Anthony Joshua and, and Tyson Fury, but the attention you guys are getting is not far behind that. I mean, it really is insanely big. This is top five fights of the year now, in my opinion. It, it, it's crazy, like you said, and I, I think it's a perfect matchup and people are people are 50 50 mm. i think that's the beautiful thing about it is people don't know what's going to happen in the fight and mm. that's why it's so interesting and ben Askren, you know is doing a great job of promoting the fight he's doing a great job of shit talking he's doing great at the press conferences he's doing great you know making these rocky training videos mm -hmm. uh and it's and it's interesting it's it's these these two worlds colliding mm -hmm. in sort of this heightened moment at a perfect time with amazing you know with amazing production put behind this event with Justin Bieber, Snoop Dogg, uh, it, it's electric to say the least. Have, have you got time to <laughs> go go back through? Because I don't know how much time you got today. You got time to sit and chill for a bit and talk about some of the old fights and stuff with us. Yeah, yeah, cool. 100%, let's do it. All right, so. Off the back of that Deji fight, uh, we were uncertain what was going to happen. Like, were you going to carry on? Was this a one and done? Obviously, Logan had a reason to rematch JJ, but you'd won decisively. You know, your music's been doing great lately. It's better than ever. People are so mad that you must have ghostwriters and everything. Like, it's, you know, you can make money off of clothing, YouTube. Why get in the ring and get punched in the face when it's a lot easier for you to make money elsewhere? Why continue this? You know, I love it, first and foremost. I have a passion for it. And I feel like I found my true calling. I feel like I was put here to be competitive and to be a boxer and it, and it seems crazy but I, it's like getting up and filming every single day or you know doing youtube or even making music i love it and it's great but it, it, it's not my whole entire heart isn't in it mm. with boxing my whole entire heart's in it and it's and it's something that I, I i just wake up with a smile on my face to go and do every single day um and I love proving people wrong and and as we know you know I'm one of the most hated people in the world you know especially <laughs> especially especially your fan base uh, oh, and pe God. people in the UK I'm, I'm hated man and mm. and people have so much to say about me and I love to prove these people wrong and I love to take their negative energy harness it use it to motivate me and fuel me and to continue to propel my career and so with all that said you know it, it's it's uh it's my calling really and on top of that at the end of the day i've always been an entrepreneur i've always been a businessman and th there's no money like boxing money um and so you know for, for people to say you know or for boxers to say like oh the money doesn't drive me or or whatever they're gonna say, or I do it because, you know, I've been fighting my whole life. That's cool, and you know, a lot of that's true. But this is a big business at the end of the day, and I'm definitely also also partially driven by how enormous this business can be. Let's go back to your first boxing sessions pre the Deji fight. Can you tell me what they were like, how it felt? Because you know, most of the time when you're at that situation, you're just getting your ass kicked daily. Um, what was that like for you? It was brutal. Uh, I was really put through the ringer. 
at the time my coach was uh, Milton, who obviously still coaches Logan, and he didn't give a shit about our feelings. He didn't give a shit if we were sore. He didn't give a shit if we were getting beat up. He was throwing us in there with real professionals who were unloading on us, and that was really the only way to learn is is to mm. get that experience and to get beat up. If you're the best person in the room at anything, or if you're the smartest person in the room at anything, you're not doing. You're not. You, that's not where you should be in life. Always surround yourself with people who are better than you, and that's what we really did. And man, we would wake up every single day and get punched in the face get beaten up all these professionals coming in and it wasn't easy at all by any means and that's why i say boxing is you can't play boxing it's one of the hardest things if not the hardest thing i've, mm-hmm. I've ever done in my life we just sent it and we, we i really had no idea what i was getting myself into at the time you know and fast forward three and a half years i i look at the fighter who, who i was and how far I've come is is uh, it's unreal. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that because I went and watched that fight before this interview. And, you know, you can see there's talent in, and you clearly dominated the fight. I think a lot of people don't r- remember the fight the way it really was because there was that one picture of you bloodied up. But you, you pieced them up and you, you were on the front foot the majority of the time. I just think Deji did better than some people expected. But I looked at your technique. You know, the power is clearly there, but you you just don't seem aware at the time of how to apply it, how to turn your body into the punches and the technique that you've got now is clearly worlds apart. But what did you learn from that fight, looking back on it? Honestly, that was one of the hardest things uh, I've ever had to do. I had to dig so deep into that fight. With You know, you're in Manchester Arena, 25,000 people cheering against me. Mm-hmm. I really had to dig to a place that I've never had to dig before any anywhere in life I really felt so animalistic and felt like a lion and it was all sort of this blur and I, I learned just how far I can push myself and, and how mentally tough I actually am and I proved to myself that night that, night that I'm a warrior and that it's, it's going to take you know a, a bullet to stop me um, because I, I won't I won't stop fighting Mm. And it's an experience that changed my life uh, forever. Just the the feelings, the adrenaline dump, everything about it, getting hit in the face. And I, I sort of had this rush of emotion of like, all of these people in this in this stadium are the ones who are on Twitter saying, fuck Jake Paul. That's why I wore that chain out, mm-hmm. out there because it's like, I'm here to prove tonight to all of these people that I, I can't be beaten and all of y'all might think you know me, but y'all don't know me. And that was the last time I remember seeing you nervous as well. You were a little more nervous in that fight. Obviously, it was your first fight. Like you say, 20,000 people, every time you get punched, they're cheering. Compare that to the Gibb fight. You were cold killer it was a total different guy the 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 progression was massive you trained with sugar shane mosley in big bay for that what was that whole experience like training with a world champion and a legend like that i think that was my first taste of like real professional boxing Mm -hmm. and a real real training camp you know i was nestled away in the mountains you know only focused on boxing we were snowed in every single day we would go outside to the gym box come back have some food 
go back and box. There was no distractions. I wasn't vlogging during that time. And Shane uh, th threw me to the Sharks in that camp against some undefeated pros who, once again, were beating my ass. But I went in there every single day with them and slowly, gradually started catching up and started to learn defense and professional punching, using my hips, turning punches over and setting things up and really just how to relax in the ring as well. Like you said, for that first fight, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So once I had that experience under my belt and a ton more sparring sessions under my belt, I finally felt like I started to understand what this sport was about. And, and credit to you, your performance was fantastic because I've been in the ring with Gabe, sparred with him, and the guy brings it. You know, he doesn't let you relax, and he that he caught you with a shot early on, but you stayed composed and you didn't let uh, the the occasion get the better of you. Um, wh what is it that you felt that you proved in that fight, or you, that you learned from that fight? So, my, I mean, basically, amateur fights are a lot different. That amateur fights and sparring is a lot different than going into a pro fight because mm -hmm. in the amateurs you have the headgear on you have the bigger gloves in sparring you have the headgear on you have the bigger gloves I'm sure Gibb is really tough in sparring he's coming forward and you know is taking all those punches but he can block them he has the headgear on he's going to be fine in sparring mm -hmm. but once you take those big gloves off and the headgear off it's, it's a whole different story and my coaches were leading up to the fight were like Jake you have power you know I, I think you're gonna knock this kid out and I was like okay sure like I have power I've never really knocked someone out before maybe like once I knocked someone down in sparring before um, but they were like no you're, you're gonna you're gonna drop this kid and I didn't really believe them I didn't know if I had that conf I didn't really have that confidence mm. like I, I knew I was gonna do well but I didn't have that confidence of like I can really crack mm -hmm. and so we get into the first round and I'm barely clipping Gib on the top of the head these aren't even clean punches that I'm landing and you know he he's he goes down you know and he gets knocked down three times and so after that fight it's like damn my coaches were right, and I finally felt like what it was like to crack with those 10-ounce gloves on. That was a hell of a performance, and, and um, the change moving from Milton to Shane Mosley seemed to have paid off. What was it that made you want to leave Milton when, obviously, he is still with your brother to this day? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, um, and, and all credit to Milton. Uh, you know, I think, I think he's a great coach. Mm -hmm. For me what I saw was something that wasn't working, right? Milton and Shannon trained Logan for, for the KSI fight and it, it just didn't add up, right? And uh, I wanted to just see, right? Like you don't get married to the first girl you ever meet in life, right? So I wanted to, I wanted to see, you know, yeah. who, who else is out there? What other coaches? What other styles? Am I going to like this person a little bit more? And sort of when I got with Shane Mosley and BJ Flores mm -hmm. up in Big Bear, that sort of just felt right. It felt like this is what I've been missing. Mm. And I haven't looked back since. You know, I'm still with BJ Flores uh, till this day. And if the uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, obviously, KSI gets in the ring. 
that fight seemed nailed on. The face-off was electric. Uh, everyone wanted it immediately. COVID comes a few months later, delays everything. And then that fight seems to have gone off the radar now. Uh, what's your current feelings on the situation? Look, I, I don't even know what to say anymore on it. You know, I feel like I've done my part. Uh, I've tried to make it happen. We, you know, we're in touch with, with his manager. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, there's this back and forth. I, I really don't even want to start any more beef at this point. Like, mm-hmm. KSI is doing his thing. He, he feels the need to comment on everything I'm doing. You know, he's posting Instagram stories about my press conference. Like, it, it's almost like he's just paying attention to everything I'm doing, every step I'm making. He's helping promote my fight. So... I don't know. I don't know what, what what's going on with it. I'm ready to fight. I've been saying it for two years now. You know, I beat your brother. I beat your best friend. At this, I really genuinely think uh, that that he's ducking me. And his coaches have even said it. Mm-hmm. And this seems this is gonna seem crazy. And KSI fans are gonna, you know, go crazy and say that some bullshit. But it's like. I'm here. I'm ready. I'll fight KSI whenever, wherever. I said he could be the A-side. I said we can do it in London. And we can do it anytime, anyplace. Fair enough, man. And there's just nothing nothing from his side. So it is what it is. After that, obviously, we set up with uh, the Nate Robinson fight. And it seemed like BJ Flores became the head coach then rather than like the assistant coach, I guess, to Shane. What made that decision happen? How did you come to that? So Shane was just super busy. He has a whole family. He's traveling around. And he wasn't really able to make the 100% time commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and BJ was like, sure, like, you know, I'll come and live with you in Calabasas. And we can train literally every single morning, every single night. And get this work in. So, sure enough, BJ flies to Calabasas, and we we just start to get to work. And two weeks later, COVID hits. And at that point, obviously, we didn't know what was going to happen. But I just so happened to be quarantined with my coach, and there wasn't anything to do really at the time besides train. So it was almost this blessing in disguise where I was literally just working on boxing nonstop. Mm-hmm day in and day out um sort of wondering okay when is the united states going to open up Um, am i going to be able to fight who am i going to fight uh flash forward a couple months and there's rumors of events starting to happen and mike tyson and his team call me up and they're like hey we're doing an event we want you to be the co-main event who do you want to fight and that's sort of how it happened. Your brain must have been like, what the hell? Because to share a card with Mike Tyson, very few people can say that. Like, that's a story for your grandkids one day. Like, how does that feel yeah. just to have even been in that situation? It's still surreal to me. Um, and it's a dream come true. You know, my, my family is so proud of me for that accomplishment. I, I, I can't believe it. And even when, even when, you know, they got on the phone with me. I was like, are you shitting me? I literally remember getting off the phone. I was like, I literally start running around my house. And my friends were like, what, what, what? And I'm like, 
I'm gonna fight on a Mike Tyson undercard. This is lit. This is so <laughs> lit. And it, it's it's historic. Yeah. Like like you said and you stole the show as well by the way like this is the thing you fought on a mike tyson card and the only fight people were really talking about the day after was yours so you did the business how did how did it feel not in you 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 put like a knockout that was heard around the world on you know what i mean like you you were basically the regular mainstream sports media had to pay attention to you because you just knocked out an actual athlete now it wasn't just a youtuber yeah i think that was the goal the whole entire time you know my coaches started saying it to me they were like jake you need to steal the show this is this is your moment to shine Mm mm-hmm and that was our motto the whole entire training camp is that we're going to steal the show. And I believe if you if you say something enough times and manifest it enough, then it's going to happen. And, you know, all credit to my team. We, we've assembled such an amazing team over the past year. And we just put our head down in Las Vegas and grinded nonstop. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought that Nate Robinson, not everyone, but... A lot of people thought that Nate Robinson was going to beat me because he's this athlete and he's mm-hmm. super buff. And that's that's why it shocked the world is yeah. because they just didn't understand that I, I can actually fight and that a basketball player or any athlete can't just come over and learn how to box in three or four months. This is something that I am passionate about and have been doing for a really long time. And, and that was the difference between the Gibb fight. Um, you said you shocked yourself with the Gibb fight, like the power that you had. Oh, I can crack. Now, when you knock Nate Robinson out, you walked off like you just sort of took the dog for a walk. It was no big deal. So it seems like the training had obviously stepped up a level because that felt very normal to you at that point. Yeah, so sort of leading up to that fight, while we were training in Vegas, I, my... my I just exponentially grew as a fighter and I was knocking out sparring partners, you know, in every other session Uh leading up to that fight. And so I was just used to it. And I was like, if I'm doing this in sparring with the big gloves on, as soon as I put these small gloves on, Nate Robinson, who's never sparred like this or been hit by me Uh is going to go down instantaneously and that's why I was so confident going into that fight. I talked a lot of shit. I said first round the whole entire time going into it. And I was, I told this, I was like, yo, Nate Robinson's kids, like, don't watch this fight because it's going to be bad. That was a just, good line, by the I way. Knew. I like that line. I just knew. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and actually, the training footage that you put out, the... A lot of those knockouts. I was listening to a podcast recently where Khabib's coach, the head of um, AKA uh, MMA gym, he said, look, like, this guy is legit. Like, you don't just knock people out like this as much as he is early on. Like, there's real talent here. A lot of people might be overlooking him because they don't like him. But, like, this is a guy who trained Cain Velasquez and Daniel Cormier and Khabib and world champions. And he's like, I'm saying talent don't sleep on him just because he's a YouTuber. So I think, yeah, I think that is a part of your, part of the reason you're going to be underestimated, even for a little while, no matter no matter what happens, is that. And in a weird way, it kind of, it's almost working to your advantage, do you think? A hundred percent. Like, I love being underestimated. I love to see all of these MMA fans right now just talking mad shit. Mm. 
about how I'm gonna lose and how I'm gonna be embarrassed and you know a bunch of MMA fighters telling Ben Askren to knock me out mm -hmm. I have the ace up my sleeve and knowing that I am going to destroy this man and dismantle him in front of the world and people are gonna be in shock and awe but I'm and my team are, are we're just gonna sit here and be like yep yeah we told you and yeah. if you go back if you go back to every single press conference and every single interview leading up to my previous fights I, I predict exactly what's gonna happen and this this will this will be no different and people will go back and really start to realize that I'm not just I, I'm talking a lot of shit because I know what I'm capable of mm. And, you know, I'm not just saying this because, you know, we're cool and, you know, we've been uh, mates for a while. Like, I fully agree with you and believe you in this. Like, I listened to an interview with BJ Flores, your coach, and it was about an hour long. And after that, I was just so confident because when your coach is as smart as he is, I know you're getting the right training. I was really impressed with this guy. This is high-level strike and he's teaching you for real. And um, on... On the Ben Askren situation, obviously you called out a lot of people. Why did it end up being Ben Askren? Yeah, uh, I think it just came down to who is actually going to sign the contract. And we sort of narrowed it down to three or four people. I was waiting for McGregor because we were actually talking to McGregor's manager. And mm. there was, you know, there was hopes of that happening. And there was talks of that happening, so we were sort of delaying to see what was going to happen with the UFC. And it came down to Askren and Dylan Dennis, and um, Askren was down. And it seemed as if no, none of these other MMA fighters really wanted to step up to the plate. Um, and it's the perfect fight at the end of the day it's mm -hmm. it's mma guy you know ncaa champion olympic athlete versus you know disney disney channel kid <laughs> he i mean he was a legit mma champion multiple organizations like the guy is legit and that's that's the great thing about this is people can't deny you if you if you beat an mma champion in a boxing match you're a badass i don't give a fuck what anyone says do you know what i mean but um can you remember the moment where you started thinking all right fuck fighting youtube as an athlete i want to fight a fighter now an actual pro fighter can you remember that moment just because yeah just because um right after i knocked out nate robinson everyone was like oh you uh, you didn't knock out a real fighter. Mm. So bef before the Nate Robinson fight, everyone was like, Nate Robinson's going to win. And then once I knocked him out, they're like, he's just an NBA player. You cheated. You, <laughs> like, I don't know. There's a million excuses being made up. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, let, like, I'll fight a real fighter. And at the end of the day, if I would have gotten in there with another YouTuber... No one right now would really care. The sports world wouldn't really care. Mm -hmm. The MMA community wouldn't really care. It would sort of stay in this YouTube realm of fights. I'm trying to do bigger things. I'm trying to expand outside of that audience mm -hmm. and become global and become a global fighter. And the only way to do that is to actually fight against a real fighter mm -hmm. who has all this sports media around him. 
and to to defeat him and that's how the, that's how this narrative keeps on growing and growing and growing you know i could have went in there and knocked out Austin McBroom or you know whoever these other guys that are fighting in these other events now but no one really would have been impressed or would have cared as much yeah I mean you've definitely made people care and I think that's one of the things that people don't see how smart you are is you know how to make people fucking care about things you're doing and the MMA world really fucking cares like they are praying you lose and it's funny to me because you know as someone who i grew up loving mma but i also know how the mma fan base can be they can be very emotional actually so you know it's a manly man thing but they get really precious over the idea of some youtube kid coming in and knocking out an mma champion but even like pros like i'm, I'm looking i've got some quotes here from chael sonnen who was saying, you know, he is convinced Ben Ben's just going to win this. And and I was looking at his reasoning. He was like, Ben isn't going to come here and box. He's coming to compete. And he's going to find a way to win because that's what Ben does. And then you've also got um, GSP's coach, Farah Sahabi, very respected, saying things like, Ben takes a shot better than Jake. So Askren is going to take over the fight as Jake fades when he can't knock him out with one punch and and then he's going to basically maul him in the clinch. This is the this is the constant thing I'm hearing from all MMA voices is you're going to fade because you won't be able to knock him out because his chin's so good, because he's so tough, and then he takes over the fight. What do you think of that? I think it's hilarious. I think, again, I have the ace up my sleeve, and these guys don't know what I'm capable of. They don't know how hard I can hit. And sure, Ben has a has a great chin. You know, he, he's been hit by Robbie Lawler a couple of times. But this guy is just coming off of a knockout. He's coming off of a loss. And to sit here and think that this old guy, Ben Askren, has, or, or for people to say that he has a better cardio than me or that I'm going to get tired is absolutely hilarious. Ben Askren can't work as hard as me in one practice. You know, like, I, I, my one practice is harder than his whole entire training camp. And I believe he's going to be tough. But at the end of the day, this is boxing. <laughs> and he can't take me down a after I start cracking him. Mm. He can try and come in and clinch me. He, he can try and hold on. But he's going to get warned for that right off the bat. And you can't just hold on to people in boxing. And it's a very different sport than MMA and anyone who understands both sports should really truly understand that and look I've been sparring against MMA guys this whole entire camp leading up to this who are unorthodox who are wrestlers who come in and try and clinch me it does not matter nothing that Ben Askren will try to do in this fight will matter for one moment and Again, actions speak louder than words, and I'm just going to prove it to people. And GSP's coach, I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh, Kale, Chael Sonnen, uh, you know, dope guy. But I'm, I'm sorry, you guys are in for a, a rude awakening. And you're going to see. You're going to see. Tune in, April 17th, buy the pay-per-view. <laughs> what do you think of, um, of Ben's sparring footage? I'm sure you've seen it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've seen it. I I don't know what to make of it. You know, who, who knows? I, I don't I don't care about it, mm. to say the least. You know, like, 
it, it doesn't really matter to me what he's doing. And that's sort of my point, even with the last question, is I don't care about what Ben Askren's doing. I don't care about what Ben Askren does April 17th. I don't care what his game plan is. I don't care about his skills. Because anything that he does, I will have an answer to. I have sparred against better fighters than him this whole entire camp. Every single person that I've sparred in this camp is better than Ben Askren. And quite literally, April 17th will be the easiest training session from the whole entire camp. Every single day of this camp will be harder than what the actual fight night is. I'm going to go in there and fight someone who is a lesser opponent than all of these guys I've sparred. I'm going to drop him in six minutes or less. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fucking walk out of the arena and that's that. I really personally don't understand what the fuck these people are saying when they when they're saying this because I look at Ben's you know striking in MMA it's it's laughable he is a great wrestler no doubt he can grapple but his striking is purely he, he sometimes he overreaches overextends constantly he literally is square on he's running at people trying to land a punch he's he's available to be cracked just the same way you crack Nate Robinson exactly the same sort of stuff and then I watch him on pads the guy is slow he's not powerful I, I'm, I'm when they're saying he's gonna do things I'm like what with what though like the guy isn't gonna have the speed or the power or the technique to, to hang with Jake. he can be as tough as you want but when Jake Paul's got way better skill the, the all their hope is is that you're just not as tough as him I'm like what do you think this guy, guy is how do you think he got that good you don't get that good without going through grueling training camps this is mental no, exactly, and and they and they don't believe in my uh, cardio. You know, let's say the fight goes eight rounds. So be it. Let's let it go eight rounds. All I'm saying is the end result w will be Jake Paul winning, and I'm I'm prepared to go in deep waters. I, I could give a shit about eight rounds. Eight eight rounds is a is a walk into the in a park for me. I, I'm throwing 125 to 150 punches around mm -hmm. in sparring for eight rounds. Let's fucking go. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Hey, hey, welcome to the welcome to the show. In regards to how tough you are, like, I'm just wondering, you know, if you could describe what how hard these sparring sessions have been. You know, have you been dropped or have you been hit extremely hard? Like, what what level do you feel like you have had to go to in order to be ready for this? Uh, we're all we're we're going 100 percent in in sparring at all times. Mm -hmm. against world champions you know and, and we're going full go and this is something that people don't understand everyone thinks that I'm just like taking pictures with these world champions and posting it up online and everyone's like oh he was they were probably going easy on him that's what they say yeah they were probably just working no ladies and gentlemen no we, we are going on 100% and that's why I'm saying this fight will be the easiest day of training camp. And I have been in there with over 250 guys in the past two years. And I've seen every look. I've seen every style. And I've been cracked in the face, full on, right hands, multiple times. And it, it doesn't affect me. I've said it before. I like to get hit. I, ho I, hope, I hope Ben Askren hits me good in this fight. Because to me, it's not even a fight in sparring until I get hit. Mm -hmm. 
and that's what sort of like wakes me up. That's what's like, okay, let's get it. Let's get it. That's I love the sport. It goes back to my passion for it. You you have to be a little bit crazy or a little bit odd to wake up and want to go get punched in the face for a living mm-hmm. and do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. It, it takes a certain breed and that's what I truly don't think people understand is that I, I'm the real deal. And again, I should speak louder than words. This is my coming out party and April 17th, again, the MMA community is going to be left with their jaws dropped and these people are going to swallow their words. You were face to face with Ben at the press conference. What was it like being up close with him for the first time? Uh, really like no emotions. Uh, honestly, you know, he was sort of just smiling and at the end of the day, I think he, he's doing this for the wrong reasons is what it feels like to me. Mm. And I sort of th- see through his shit. And I, a lot of people are like, oh, Ben Askren won the press conference. Ben Askren, you know, is in Jake's head and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, hey, I didn't, I, I didn't swing on him, you know. He was provoked to try and hit me in the face. And we go upstairs to do a one-on-one interview with Snoop Dogg hosting it after the press conference. And the guy just feels defeated almost to me. And his, his confidence is null. And he's, again, in for a rude awakening. I think at the end of the day, he thinks this is all a marketing ploy for me to, to hype this fight up. He thinks I'm genuinely trying to fool people into thinking I'm a real fighter and he's underestimating the shit out of me mm. he accused just, you just like all of my sorry mate he accused you of being a bully in the press conference yeah, again it's like this is the fight game right like he, he could he could choose another sport to be a part of you know I think all is fair in love and war and this is war for me what did you think of the incident where he seemed to... I don't know how you would even describe that, but yeah, when the face-off happened, how did you feel when he reacted in the way he did? Well, first and foremost, you know, I, I didn't expect him to try, try and hit me at all. And so I wasn't even prepared for that, and I block his arm, move away from it. Like, it just, it just shows that he's slow, and I don't know, my reflexes are just like, whoop, pop. <laughs> um, but a lot of people criticize the moment. They're like, oh, you didn't, you didn't, you punched or you slapped him in the stomach or you didn't hit him or because of that moment that I just saw. Now I know that Ben Askren's uh, going to win is what people were saying. And to me, I wanted to knock him out right there. Like I wanted to come around and clock him in the chin, but I made a split second decision not to because if I would have knocked him out there, the commission wouldn't have let him fight. And he would have an excuse as to maybe why he got knocked out April 17th. Oh, I got knocked out at the press conference. Uh, He hit me in the face or I can't fight or my jaw is broken or whatever. So I made a business decision not to knock him out right there on the spot. Uh, which a lot of people criticize, but in hindsight, I made the right decision. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to fuck up the money. Uh, you, you know, you want to get paid for this. And, uh, you know, I w- why do you think he did that, though? Like, because it, 
a lot of people were giving him credit because it was a funny moment and you know as you know people don't like you so anytime anyone does anything towards you they're going to love that but for, as a fan of, of the fight game knowing him he's normally very laid back and he was laid back that whole time but in my opinion for him to raise his hand it showed a slight I don't know like mentally that isn't his style usually I was surprised by it no exactly I mean in all of his fights in his career he's never tried to push someone in a face off mm. and so you know who knows I don't read too much into it though again like it's it, it, you know this is entertainment the press conferences are built for entertainment and for hype and that's exactly what happened is that moment hyped up the fight mm. three times more <laughs> so it's yeah. all this is all a W this is all a W at the end of the day and he, he shouldn't have done that you know because it, it's uh it's it's gonna be worse for him once I'm once I'm putting that beating on him He's going to feel that. He's going to feel that. <laughs> one of the one of the biggest personalities who commented on that was Daniel Cormier. I think you've seen this where he said, now I now because of Jake's reaction, I know Ben is winning that fight. W what is it like seeing people react like this? I think he's an idiot. I think he if you think that you can predict a fight based off of how someone reacts to someone else getting pushed in the face in the heat of the moment uh you're you're just stupid there's there's nothing that you can sort of take away from that of course dc is going to say that because he's an mma fan mm -hmm. and he's going to back his boy one of the people who's commented on this fight and that this was when i knew like Jake has just gone full-blown fucking mainstream was when dana white bet a million dollars that you were going to lose against Ben Askren. What was that like for you? <laughs> it, I mean, I, I was just like, I, I was blown away by, uh, like you said, how, how big this has gotten and mm. how, how many people care and how many people have an opinion towards this fight. And... You know, my brother's supposedly fighting Floyd Mayweather. Who who knows what's happening? And I've seen multiple people, even people on your podcast, being like, "Look, we want to see the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren fight more more than the Floyd versus Logan fight." Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's that sort of aura that's been created. And um, it, it, this fight almost can't be ignored. That mm -hmm. that's how electric it is. And I was just surprised that Dana is really talking about anything besides the UFC. Yeah, it, it says a lot when, I mean, you're going to give Ben Askren a bigger payday than Dana White ever did, yeah. and you're actually <laughs> promoting Ben Askren better than Dana ever did also. So, like, you've done a pretty fucking good job. I mean, Dana should be looking at you for tips on this, really. <laughs> like, well, and I've, and I've said that to Dana. I mean, I've gone back and forth with him multiple times on Insta Stories talking mad shit to him he's like oh jake's not a real fighter and blah 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 i'm like dana like let me fight conor mcgregor because i'm conor's money fight right now and that that seems crazy and everyone's gonna hate and you're gonna have all the fucking sheeps come in and listen to all the other people and everyone's gonna have form their sheep opinions uh, about what they think about jake paul versus mcgregor at the end of the day it's like dana you're talking about me more than i'm talking about you at this point and the, the truth truth be told like 
we're doing a bigger promotion than any of your recent fights, statistically. So, I can sit here and talk shit. Like, I, I'm not... I, when I come on these podcasts and do these interviews, it's it's almost uh, it's almost like I can't do anything right if you already hate Jake Paul. Like, no one comes on here and is like, wow, this is, I'm going to form a different opinion on Jake Paul after this interview. It's like, no, people already have st- <laughs> such strong opinions on me that... People are just watching at this point. I, I don't even fucking know why, but <laughs> like, like it's it's meant it's mental to me because at some point you have to realize like this is a chess game and I'm making all the right moves. Mm. And I, I like I sort of I'm on a tangent right now. I, I sort of lost my train of thought. Keep but going, like, bro. Keep going. I, I just I don't. I don't get... Oh, that's what I was going to say is numbers don't lie. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting here chatting all this shit, probably making more people hate me, but I'm just sitting here with the facts. Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting here with the numbers. We did the eighth biggest pay-per-view event of all time, and people will say, oh, it's Mike Tyson, and he sold everything. Cool. Say what you want to say. Make all these excuses. But look where we are. Mm -hmm. And... This is historic, and people are tuning in regardless of whether they hate me or not. So at the end of the day, you know, all the hate, all the comments, it's only fueling the fire. In regards to the UFC, I know you're a big MMA fan, but has this whole experience changed how you feel about it with the way the fans have been? No, no. Um, You know, I, I still love the UFC, and I still watch all the fights just like I have since I was a kid. I just think, you know, Dana White is sometimes a dumbass and has too big of an ego. And I think a lot of people feel that way. When I started talking shit about Dana White, so many people hit me up and were like, keep going, keep going. But a lot of people are afraid to go after Dana and talk shit about him because he has a lot of power in the fight game. Uh, but I, I do agree no, with I, you about the ego, though, because in that conversation he was having with Mike Tyson and um, it was Zab Judah, I believe, uh, they were bigging you up a little bit. And I felt like his he went quiet for a minute and then just was like, I'll bet a million dollars. And it was like it did feel reactionary, like our guys will beat your guys sort of thing or I don't know what, what where that was coming from but it did seem a, a massive overreaction to where the conversation was because all all Zab said was this guy has hands he can actually fight and he didn't seem to like that um, what does it feel like to hear Zab and, and, and Mike bigging you up like that having your back honestly uh, it means a lot to me and in a weird way so many people throughout my journey have just like turned a cold shoulder to me or always end up on the other side of Jake Paul or always end up you know just wanting to talk shit about me I don't I don't know what it is I I think it's largely in part of like me becoming such a big name mm. and maybe people being jealous because I'm young or whatever but Mike and Zab both have my back and Mike has had my back till this day and it's sort of taken me under under his wing. And to me it means it means a lot that someone on that level is showing respect to me. Because mm. a lot of these guys you'll see just end up talking shit. 
Yeah, there was there was an interesting point Mike made, and he said <laughs> about you. He said, "There's something wrong with that kid." But in a good way, like, like he, I, he connects a bit with that side of you that you have of like, um, I don't know, mentally you've got that ruthless streak, and I think he can see that. Uh, but when Mike Tyson says there's something wrong with you, that's like the weirdest compliment anyone can get. Like, no, it, it was uh, it was a special moment for sure, for them to sit there and and to have my back because I I, I sort of feel like a lone wolf in this industry in -hmm. this process in this journey i feel like i'm paving my own path and you know people love my brother and people love ksi and i'm sort of i'm sort of public enemy number one (laughs) and i I feel i feel like this lone wolf and so you know when you show when people show that lone wolf love you know the lone wolf is like whoa this is weird no one's ever really embraced me like this and um, I get it when I when I say on my podcast like when we talk about the fights and I go Jake Paul's gonna smash Ben Askren the comments the messages why are you supping Jake Paul off like the pe- they, they hate you then they start hating me because I'm speaking up yeah. for you like <laughs> like you know what I'm saying like it is pretty bad like I can only imagine how bad it must be sometimes no for sure you know I think anyone who shows any sort of positivity towards me people look at them it's become a thing to make me the odd person out i i say this and it's it's sort of funny but um my fans and the people who really ride or die for me are very similar to like not in the same regard but they're very they're similar to like donald trump supporters right like you don't (laughs) you don't hear people who are like i love donald trump and some some people do but like a lot of Donald Trump supporters in the recent election were silent. They don't say anything. They just go about their business. And Jake pa- Jake Paul fans are sort of the same way. They're just sort of silent because, <laughs> you know, they know that if they speak up, people are going to be like, oh, what the fuck? Fuck that kid. He's a bitch. Yeah. You know, ah, f- he's such an arrogant asshole. And um, so my fans are sort of silent supporters. And uh, But at the end of the day, they're also like – some of the best fans and supporters so I'm really thankful for them and I don't get to say it enough honestly yeah I respect that mate and um, I think one of the reasons why people may have been turned off you in the past may weirdly be one of the reasons why you've taken the boxing so well is like you know um Back in these the team ten days and all of that when you were still a kid, you were seen to be this sort of um, kind of cold, ruthless boss, like someone who's very decisive, very you know makes a decision and that's it, it's done. Um, do you think some of those personality traits weirdly that hindered you in YouTube or maybe turned people against you are now part of the reason why you're such a natural at boxing? Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, I think it's. I think you have to be sort of ruthless in the sport of boxing, and uh, you have to be a savage, if you will. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't really look too much into my past, man. I, I, I've grown up on camera. I, I've lived this fucking crazy life. I've gone through many different variations. I've learned a, a lot of hard lessons. I have come a long way I, I i hate the old version of myself i hate the one month ago version of myself i'm, I'm constantly evolving and mm-hmm. I, I think that jake paul doesn't come across on camera as how i am in real life 
um, and it's this it's this weird problem that I've been trying to figure out for maybe the past two years like ever since I stopped vlogging like how do I get people to understand me or how do I get them to truly see who I am and I it almost feels like an uphill battle because no matter what I do, I don't think people want to take a different approach in looking at me or my journey or what I'm doing. In terms of the, the online hate, I mean, I've really struggled at times with it, mate. Like, I'm not, like, mental health-wise, like, it's, it's, it's had me in the fucking dumps, you know, many times, and I felt really uh, low. And I look at the hate you get, and I think, God, that's probably way more than I get. Um, but you seem to cope with it really well. Why is that, do you think? Because I know who I am at the end of the day, and not a single thing that someone says or comments can alter that. And I know I'm a good person. I know I have a good heart. And I could give a shit really about what anyone says. It, it doesn't affect me. I would much rather live in real life than, you know, worrying about what people are saying about me online. Mm -hmm. And look at where I've come. Look at what I've done. You know, I was a kid mulching at 16 years old, mulching lawns, digging holes in people's backyards. With, with this dream of bigger things in life and accomplishing bigger things in life and to come from a landscaper a broke $10 an hour landscaper 16 year old kid in Westlake Ohio where no one makes it out of no one's successful no one's famous to make it out of that and to to get to where I am today I could give a shit about what people think I've already won time and time again me, me moving to Los Angeles and making $5,000 off of a Vine brand deal when I was 17 years old, that was a big enough W for me. So to go from there to here, there is not a single thing that people can try and strip away from me. And I'm proud of myself. My family's proud of me. And I, was, I texted my brother this the other day. I'm like, bro, like think about what we've come from. This is truly remarkable and that's good enough for me and you just can't take away what I've accomplished and uh, I focus on the positive really and it's it's hard to when there's so much negative but I think that's how everyone should live their lives. In, in regards to people seeing you as the bad guy, as you put it earlier, with the people loving Logan and Logan being the favorite one in KSI and that, um, you you kind of lent into that a little bit, it seems. Or, or was that was that a deliberate thing in regards to like how Floyd did and other other bad guys have capitalized on people wanting them to lose? Or are you just being you? I, I, I'm being me. I'm being me a hundred percent. It's just like. <laughs> It's an uphill battle, right? You know, I, I think I think people have made me the bad guy, and there, there's no there's no coming out of that really at this point or anytime soon. And it just is what it is. And yeah, now now I sort of just embrace it. I rate that, mate. I think it's it's good that you just think fuck it, let them think what they want. Um, 
I've got a lot of respect for the way you've dealt with it, actually. Um, obviously, we've all made mistakes. And, you know, I know I, me and you both. But I, I think it's great how you just let it roll off and go, fuck it, I'm going to make as much money as I can and let, give them something to hate, you know. Um, we men- we've mentioned Floyd a couple of times. Obviously, the, 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 your brother has got a fight scheduled with him. I'm hearing rumors that it, it could be in the near future. Um, how does that whole situation make you feel? Because it is that is crazy too. Well, look at at, at first, I, I sort of was like, "Whoa, are you serious?" And I, I wanted to talk shit about it. I think, I think I was jealous, maybe, of Logan getting a massive fight. And I, I, my first initial reaction was like, "Ah, this this shouldn't happen." And then, I, and then I sort of realized, like, no, this is monumental, and. No matter what, Logan wins. Mm-hmm. No matter what, the outcome of the fight doesn't matter. Logan wins in that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what, and I think it took me a second to realize that and realize where he was coming from and taking that fight. And it just goes to show the power of of the platform that we've both created. And this is the future of fights. The future of fights is giving something to the people that they actually want to watch and talk about. Mm. Me and my friends were sitting there talking about Floyd versus Logan for 30 minutes and I literally was like, guys, like, time out. This is exactly why this is so interesting. We just talked about this shit for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. If the people are talking about you, that means they're interested, that means they're invested, and that means they'll watch the fight. And so all all kudos to him, and obviously if he knocks Floyd out, he's gonna be God. So I mean, you're right though. Like even when we do previews on uh, on my channel, like you know, when we talk about you or Logan fighting someone, the numbers don't lie. You know, we 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 do you know quote unquote real fight previews that don't do half the views. So there's a reason why people are watching. If they want to shit on it they can talk shit whatever they want but they care enough to click on it that's for damn sure and I think it's great that you admit that you were a bit jealous of of Logan and that's you gotta be a big man to just admit when you felt that way and it's only normal I mean it is a, a, a great thing but I guess for me the way I see it is like when Logan have went through what he went through and uh, with his situation, you both got tarred with the same brush. So I think you also win together. You know, like when one of you climbs a mountain, it's like you both did, really. It, it sort of doesn't matter. No, 100%. And it's really interesting because, and I, and I sort of just realized this like the other day, I was like, Logan is my only competitor mm-hmm. like Logan is really the only person who I can look towards as competition there, there's nobody else and that's why I think our relationship has always been this sort of weird dial of figuring out what it is because we love each other so much and we're best friends but we're the only other people to look to for competition because we're the only ones really innovating like this. We're the only ones who are thinking so outside the box. We're the only ones who work as hard as we do. Mm-hmm. No, no one in this industry, or I don't even know what this industry is anymore because I think we've created our own box, but no, no one works as hard as us. No one is as dedicated as us. And people 
can say that's cocky or whatever, but I, I really don't give a fuck about what people are saying. I'm talking to you, True Jordy, like I as a friend it. right now. I could give yeah. a shit if anyone else is listening. Like <laughs> honestly, I've come to the conclusion that Logan is my only competitor, mm-hmm. and so it's this weird thing where I look to him as inspiration. I look to him as a competitor, as a brother, and as a best friend. So it's a super cool thing that I sort of had an epiphany on the other day. Um, and I think it's helped me earn respect, for, a lot more respect for him and a lot more love for him. Question, if you had been born an only child and it was just you and Logan was didn't exist, would you have achieved what you've achieved without him? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think that I think that goes both ways. You know, I think we continue to shock each other mm-hmm. and continue to expand off of each other. And we're, we're yin and yang, quite literally. Um, we, we've both gotten to the, the same place in life on very different paths. And at the end of the day, we're from the same parents. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a testament to our parents of like how we were raised and, and, uh, and our mental capacity and how we think about life and just our ability to show up every single day for the past seven years. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't want to do this without my brother. I, I think it's so cool that we're, we're doing this together. And again, if you, if you look back to everything, we started a YouTube channel called Zoosh together when I was like 10 and he was 12. This is how it all started: is Logan and Jake. It, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's never it's never been one or the other, and people like to compare us, and that's natural. And people like to say, you know, who's better, who's this, and that just adds again fuel to the fire. And people are talking about us, and you know, let let them let them talk, let them think what they want. A question about the boxing ability of you two, because obviously that is often compared, and I know Ben brought that up to sort of try and rile you in the in the press conference. Um, obviously, you feel like you're a better boxer than than your brother, which I think um, you know. Right now, in the eyes of a lot of people, you are the best YouTube boxer because of what you've been able to do in the ring. But I was wondering, in terms of your makeup, you know, you guys know each other so well. What is it about you? as a person that you think enables you to be better in the ring than your brother? I think in my life, I have a lot of, like growing up, I I had a lot of pain and a lot of emotion and a lot of built up anger almost Mm -hmm. in a weird way. And maybe even like resentment towards my parents or, or I don't know what it is, but there was always this like really big like edge to me. And I think that's where sort of the problem child nickname comes from is me lashing out and me being this like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but I think I carry that with me into the ring. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, all of that emotion uh, creates a fire in my belly. Maybe mm-hmm. that that Logan doesn't necessarily have. Mm. Um, That makes a lot of sense, by the way, because I've spoken to boxing coaches before and they've said like, 
that insecurity that a lot of fighters have like the reason Floyd Mayweather spends as much fucking money as he does is because he is insecure and that chip on the shoulder that people like yourself have that drives them I don't know I'm 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 just I'm I'm searching for reasons here like with you but with Logan he does seem a lot of more of a maybe a happy go lucky kind of everyone's friend kind of guy and with you having that edge maybe that is the reason I also do think, though, losing to KSI changed him, and I think he sort of learned a lot from that mm-hmm. experience. And so I think maybe once we see him in the ring again, we might we might see a more animalistic version of Logan Paul. Do you, are you expecting him to be more aggressive in this next fight? I, I hope so. And yes, like uh, he, he, he needs to do that, and I think he knows that. And... I think he he regrets not taking more risks in the KSI fight, mm. and and I, I I see that because I, I I think he was afraid to get knocked out. Yeah. And when you when you fight with fear, like imagine Logan Paul like flat on the canvas like Nate Robinson, like mm. it's hard to come back from that. And when you fight with fear, uh, it's not good. You can't do that. It's bad. It's almost like you're manifesting something bad to happen. Yeah, it did. It did feel when I watched it as if Logan was the more maybe skillful boxer in there, or at least on the night he was able to display his skills more than KSI was. But KSI was the more fearless, and I think that played into the result. Um, I, I was watching some of his footage training the other day, and yeah. I, I, I noticed some little things like um, him. I don't know why I'm talking about this to you, but you know, um, I noticed him uh, dropping his hand after he jabs and stuff like that. And uh, I, I, you know, are you looking at some of his footage and helping him out with some technical stuff, or do you just stay out of that? No, I stay out of that. I don't. I don't think he wants to hear any notes from me, really. Um, and you know, we're, we're coached differently, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a million ways to box Mm -hmm. and every boxer is different and we're coached differently so he probably is sitting there with Milton looking at me and my coaches and being like oh these guys are idiots you know so (laughs) everyone has their opinions on on how people should box and uh, I sort of of stay out of that. Did the Mayweather fight uh, you know when you say you were a bit jealous at the time was that part of the reason why you thought he's got one of the biggest fighters ever in in terms of notoriety. I'm going to go after the current main eventer, Conor McGregor. Was that part of the reason why you went after him? No, uh, I, I went after Conor the the moment in moments after my fight, if you recall, before before Floyd even confirmed his fight with Logan. And I think Floyd confirmed that fight with Logan after he saw how big of the event. You know that that had happened with Mike Tyson and and the knockout and mm-hmm. how big of a potential it had. I think it was all this. You know, there wasn't one reason as to why that fight was confirmed, but I sort of went after McGregor uh, in the moments after my Nate Robinson fight, and I've been saying it for a year and a half now that I want that fight, and uh, it, it just makes a ton of sense. 
people thought you went too far with the wife comment <laughs> about Connor. Um, how do you feel about that? I think uh, people are soft these days, and and it sucks. And people don't have a backbone. Everyone's getting canceled for every single thing that they do. You can't step on an ant anymore because you have to save ever like you know what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, McGregor has called uh, Khabib's wife a towel, uh, a t- something, some sort of insult. Mm-hmm. And when I flip the script and talk shit towards McGregor's wife, all of a sudden people are up in arms. But when McGregor does it, everything's fine. And mm-hmm. he's gone after Khabib's religion and so on and so forth and he's thrown chairs at people and threw buses and punched old men in the face so uh, again it goes back to like Jake Paul having a target Mm -hmm. on my back and people just getting riled up over over shit just to get riled up I noticed in an interview when someone actually questioned him on it he he didn't shut you down in the way others have. He didn't say, oh, I've got a problem with it, like like the likes of Canelo have, you know. He, he, he did say, you know, fair play to them. They're getting in the ring. They want to make business happen. Good for them. And knowing Connor like we do and knowing the businessman that he is, that was a small tell, in my opinion, that he isn't going to say too much now just in case that money bag does come in handy later on. What do you think of that? No, 100%. Uh, he, hey, he knows. He's smart. Mm-hmm. He knows how big of a fight that will be. And he's going in there getting paid $10 million or so to fight Dustin Poirier. And he gets knocked out by Poirier. I'm sitting there offering him $50 million. And I'm not a champion like Poirier is. Mm-hmm. So... I think he sees the the potential in it. I think he sees Logan and Floyd doing their fight. And again, McGregor's a smart business guy, just just like I am, which is why I've been talking about that fight for for so long now, because at the end of the day, that's going to be a massive business event. I know it's difficult to to say it because obviously you love your brother and there's loyalty there, but how do you see this Floyd-Logan fight going Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's interesting. I'm not gonna I'm not a, gonna sit here and be like a yes man to my brother, you know. Just just like I would want him to tell me the truth on if I was doing something wrong or if I was gonna make a mistake. I, I don't. There, there's no path in my opinion to Logan winning the fight. Do I think he will perform better than anyone expects? Yes. Mm. Do I think it will be a a, a fight? Yes. Do I think he comes out on top? No. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Floyd's gone up against the best in the world 50 times. And everyone had that chance to throw that one big punch that was going to knock him out. And 50 people couldn't land it. So why now? Mm-hmm. You know, and... It's a that's, bit like you and Ben, just, though. The question, the questions will make people excited or interested in one way or another because Floyd has never had knockout power. He is certainly not a big man, and he's getting old. And Logan, uh, I think, I think if I wonder if Logan had showed more punching power, if it would be more 
you know, excitement for it. I think that's the problem is because Logan was a bit gun shy against JJ, um, the, nobody's expecting him to come out swinging. And, and, and like you say, maybe he's learned those lessons and he will do his, he will leave everything in there this time. And, and, and hopefully so. And hopefully he can be the one. It just, by the science of boxing, mm. it's just hard. It's it mm. just it's just hard, and and Floyd is so fast and shifty, and he's a defensive boxer. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 going to be very difficult for Logan to beat him. I'm not saying that it can't happen. I'm just not saying that it most likely will happen. In the in the Conor Poirier fight, uh, their, their trilogy fight has just been confirmed. Um, are you got any early prediction or opinion on how that's going to go? It's hard to say. I I, I think. Poirier will come out on top again. Uh, the reason being is Connor just seems to have lost his sauce. He he doesn't seem as hungry. There seems to be something going on. Too many distractions. He's with his family twenty four seven. You know, after the loss, he goes on vacation for a month, traveling around the world on boats, messing around, going to restaurants, seemingly getting drunk. And I bet. Dustin took a week off and got right back into the gym. So I think Dustin just wants it more. Yeah. Even on the run-up to the fight, I I thought it was weird that we just seen so much of his family around him. I'm like, you're supposed to be a savage. Like you you ain't supposed to be playing happy families right now. You're you're supposed to be a cold hard killer. And we ain't saying that. Like there's plenty of time for that later to do that other stuff, you know? So I agree with you a bit. Um I wonder if if that is what you're hoping for though, because if Poria wins, then you do become that one step closer to, to getting Connor, I guess. Uh, for sure. I think either way. Either way. Uh, you know, if if he loses, it might just seem like he's taking the Jake Paul fight for the hell of it. You know, I think it's better if Connor wins. Uh, and we both come off a win and fight. I think that I think that's a lot more hype and Again, like who who is he gonna fight after Poirier? Did you see the Dustin Poirier tweet about you where he said, "If I can't finish Jake Paul inside three rounds, I'm a bum." Uh yeah, I think someone showed me this, and and then it's talked about like Ben Askren after that, or like he was saying that from the point of view for Brent Ben Askren. I, I feel like he was putting the pressure on Ben to to beat you inside three rounds, basically. Yeah, uh, <laughs> again, people, he's in for a rude awakening, and I've I've challenged Dustin Poirier to spar. Mm. We're both here in South Florida, and uh, we you're don't have both to film friends it. with Masvidal as well. Exactly, yeah. And Masvidal yeah. was like, "Yo, you and Dustin would be friends. Like, I could tell. Like, you guys would be cool. You have the same sort of like natural energy and vibe." Mm. Uh, you guys should should hang out, and I don't have anything against Dustin. I, I think I even complimented him for beating Connor, and you know he's done amazing things. Mm. You can't take that away from him. And my, by me challenging him to a spar, it, it's in no way coming at him. I'm not trying to start beef. Everyone in this sport who's a fighter knows that sparring is respect is a respectful thing. I just merely want to show Dustin how good I am and, and, and maybe get his cosign. Okay. And so I, I've, I've, I've challenged him to a spar 
we no cameras we don't even have to talk about it i told him yo dm me hit me up let's spar we're both in south florida uh let, let, let's have some fun and and uh i think it'd be interesting how's he replied no i i didn't dm him but i mean obviously i'm on his radar so Absolutely. And, and, you know may, maybe he's watching this so uh if Masvidal said we'd be friends i'm challenging you to a friendly spar no cameras i don't even have to talk about it you don't have to talk about it let's just let's just do it okay it feels like to me you know how after every fight they say something against you like after the gib fight it was you know he's just a youtuber after nate robinson he's just you know an athlete he ain't a fighter after ben askrin they're gonna say well he wasn't a good striker yada 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 it does feel like there's a stepping stone potentially or two in between you and a potential mega fight with conor mcgregor um do you have any people in mind as those stepping stones i mean we, we'll see what happens honestly uh, after after this fight i think We'll see a lot of fighters come out of the woodworks to try and call me out and challenge me. Mm -hmm. So it's all up in the air. Uh, there's people who I would like to fight. Yeah. You know, but no one, no one's really st stepping up to the plate. Uh, from KSI to uh, Dennis to you know Nate Diaz. Uh, let's make it happen. Let's run it. Where y'all at? I have the money. Why, why is why is it so silent over there? Mm. They want everyone wants to talk about me. They want to talk about my skill. They want to talk about yada yada yada. But I just want to talk about signing the contracts and making it happen. I could give a shit about anything else. So. All right, I've only got like three more questions left, bro. Um, <laughs> uh, what has fighting taught you? Man, I, I I would say it's really taught me what I've made what I'm made of. You know, f fighting has changed my life. It's changed who I am, and it's put me in some of the hardest places in life. And it, it's really put me to the test. Mm -hmm. And I've had to step up and prove to myself who I am because this sport will eat you up really fast it's it's very difficult it's not for everyone and there's days where you you know you get up and you don't want to train but you just have to keep on fighting you have to keep on pushing through all that all that adversity and it's really i think taught me a lot about who jake paul is and and really helped me mature into someone that i actually like because when i go back and look at all these other videos of my of myself like i can't really even watch them i just don't i just don't like who i was before and so i think fighting has taught me like who i am and it's made me respect myself yeah it's a funny one because on the one hand you mo most people i feel like have a bigger ego before they get in the ring and then when they get bullied around that ring and um and really put in those bad spots it it puts you in check and it makes you realize i'm not the big bad guy that i thought i was but then on the other hand once you overcome that adversity 
it sort of squashes the ego down, but then it gives you real self-worth inside. Like it makes you think, actually, no, like, yeah, I'm not the guy I thought I was, but I'm actually someone better than that. I'm, you know, I actually, I'm brave and I, you know, I've got heart. No, exactly. I think it instills in a confidence Mm. that can't be replicated anywhere else. And I can, if I can box and get in that ring and fight someone, I can do anything else in mm-hmm. the world. Everything else seems easy compared to compared to fighting. What is the prediction for the Ben Askren fight? How do you see it going? I will stop him in under six minutes. Okay. Period. Okay. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> I like that. Final question. Um, this boxing journey just seems to keep going for you and it's amazing to watch as, as a guy who interviewed you right at the beginning um, what do you see as the pinnacle the culmination of all of this where do you see that big moment coming for you where you feel like you're at the top you know I think I think for me to even try to comprehend that right now would be doing myself a disservice mm-hmm. you know just because three years ago if you would have told me that it was already this big and mm-hmm. already this massive that i wouldn't wouldn't have really even believed you so mm-hmm. at this moment of time i don't know where this journey goes to i don't want to put a cap on it mm-hmm. i think anything is possible and i think this can become as big as I want it to become and I just have to put the work in and keep showing up and if I see it and and really believe in myself and go out there and work my ass off every single day then this the, the pinnacle of this could be something that's talked about for for years and years to come I rate that, mate. Well done on everything that you're doing. I appreciate you coming on the podcast as well. I am betting on you. Big money. (laughs) Big money, bro. I'm fucking convinced you're going to do this. And I think you're going to shock a lot of people. And after this, they're going to realize you've got serious talent and and good hands. So, you know, well done on all the hard work, mate. And uh, we'll get you back on, hopefully, before the next big fight. 100% bro I appreciate you I appreciate everything and uh, hopefully we can come to the UK soon and hang out and drink some beers (laughs) definitely you take care mate Uh, that was Jake Paul on the True Jody podcast hit the like button subscribe thanks for watching and we'll see you later